there was a sense that not everything was going right. Not everything was as it should be. Sides were being taken. So Paul, um, he writes a letter. And this was one of his occasional letters, which most of his letters were. Now, when I say occasional, I don't mean Paul popped one out on occasion, like every so often, but he wrote letters to address specific situations. Whereas there are some letters or what we call epistles in the Bible that are general letters or general epistles. Uh, for instance, James is just kind of written to a wide variety of Christians uh, in a lot of different places. Paul often wrote to deal with very specific situations in churches. For instance, if you look at uh, his letters to the Corinthians, man, were there ever some issues? They, were there ever some situations? And he'd say, I commend you on this. I do not commend you on this. And he'd just start listing things that were going on, okay? So Paul writes this letter uh, to the believers at Philippi, and he loved this group of people. He absolutely loved them. And um, so he, he starts, it's, it's often known, by the way, as the epistle of joy. He starts uh, talking to them about how, how great, you know, um, how, how great a joy he has with them. And if you, if you kind of skim through your Bible uh, in the book of Philippians, um, he, he talks about in the very beginning after he introduces himself and Timothy, he starts talking about, oh, how I just, I thank God every time I remember you and, um, you know, that I have this prayer for you, that your love will abound. And, and he says, and I want you to know that God is working, even though I'm in chains, even though I'm in prison. You know, God's not in prison. His gospel is not in prison. Things are working. And he just keeps on talking about uh, joy and progress in the faith and, and rejoicing. And, and he talks about how um, we are to live without fear um, of what others can do to us. And, and, and he goes on into chapter two and he starts talking about humble service and humility and, you know, how we should be like Christ, how he humbled himself um, even to the cross. You know, he came out of heaven and he lowered himself. He emptied himself and took on the form of a lowly human being. And so he talked about um, then um, how we are to, how to, to emulate Christ in that humility and in that love and how we should stand out and shine like stars. Some of you heard about that recently. And, and he talks about, uh, you know, that I'm going to send Timothy pretty soon to look after you guys. But to right now, in the meantime, I'm sending Epaphroditus, who you sent to me, and how this guy has encouraged me, and he almost died for the faith, uh, making this difficult trip, trip to come see me, the Apostle Paul says. And so, you know, I just want you to be encouraged. I want you to honor people like him. He goes on to talk about how, look, all of the stuff that we do, it's not something we can brag upon in the flesh. It's not something we can just get all, you know, puffed up about saying, hey, 
you know, we're better than other people or anything like that. And, and so he talks about how in chapter three about how he was just so, um, you know, all these things he had back and in, in, under the old system uh, of religious do's and don'ts. He said, that's, that's nothing to him now. And he talks about how he keeps on pressing on. He keeps on working. He keeps on um, seeking God's way and, and not departing from the faith in the way that, that many people do. And so, you know, he, he's going on and just, um, just, just kind of expounding on these things through the chapters and, and, and talking about how, hey, listen, remember, our citizenship is in heaven and not here. Now, think about these early letters. They, they, weren't, uh, they weren't sent, you know, in PDF form or email or text. They were hand-delivered, and then they would be read to the gathered assembly. So everything is, everybody is listening at this point. Someone, probably Epaphroditus, who Paul sent back to them, was reading this letter. And, you know, I, I think the whole time they are going, oh, yeah, amen, Paul, oh, so good to hear from you. Yeah, you're right about being humble, about serving, about being like-minded about looking out for others ahead of yourself and how important that is. And, and boy, this is great stuff. And then um, he kind of pulls a, a stunner then when you get just into chapter four. He says, I plead with Euodia and Syntyche to agree with one another in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you loyal yoke fellow or true companion, some translations say, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the book of life. Now, this is so interesting because what he does here, um, he's been talking and it's all in general terms. You know, it's all love God, love people, sacrifice, be kind, you know, and, and, and everybody's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, amen, that's good, that's good. <laughs> and then Paul goes from preaching to meddling, so to speak. Paul says, okay, um, now all this stuff I've said about striving for the gospel, about working hard, about loving on one another, um, let me just stop here. I just need to say, Ladies, could you please get along? I beg of you. I plead with you. Be of one mind in the Lord. He doesn't discount uh, these women. In fact, he holds them in very high regard. Um, he says their, their names are written in the book of life. They are co-workers. Obviously, they were leaders in this church. They were very significant figures in the church at Philippi. In fact, the church was very likely gathered at this very moment in one of their homes. And Epaphroditus reads this letter and says, calls out their names and says, I plead with you to get along. And by the way, I want you to 
true companion, uh, by which I take it he's referring uh, there to Epaphroditus, who was reading the letter. But he's saying, you guys help them get along. Wow. I think you could have heard a pin drop at that point. Because the letter went from general praise Jesus, love God, sacrifice, to, oh, by the way, you two aren't getting along. And you desperately need to. You desperately need to learn how to put aside your differences for the sake of Christ. I could just imagine the tension at that point, the awkwardness at that point in the room when that letter was being read. So we come then um, to our scripture today, which is directly uh, beneath that. And that is Philippians 4, um, 4 through 7. So how does Paul follow up in this letter? What, what does he do as he, as he moves on from that point? How do, you, how do you move forward? How do you go on? What do you say to a group of people where there is a serious tension going on? When there are sides being taken, uh, when, when there has been some really serious disruption, well, he says this in verse 4 of chapter 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Wow. Paul addresses this very, very difficult, sticky, tense situation. And the next thing he says is, take joy, rejoice. In fact, he repeats himself. He says, I will say it again, rejoice. If you've ever wondered why do preachers repeat things, why do they say the same stuff over and over? I'm going to blame it on Paul. He does it right here. He says, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Paul wants us to understand that regardless of the situation that's going on around us, regardless of what there is that is, um, that is our, our external situation, that we always have reason to rejoice in the Lord. We always have reason to be able to say, God, there is something that you are doing um, that I can rejoice in. I know that your hand is in this, even the most difficult situation. His message throughout the book of Philippians was one of joy. And Paul knew that God is working through all things. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why does he say that? 
Because when we are in a situation where things are tense around us, we tend to inhabit, we tend to take that tension into us and we tend to own it. And we begin to get defensive. We begin to take sides. We begin to, you know, get real prickly and ready to, to, uh, to, you know, strike out at someone. You know, the old saying, hurt people, hurt people. And Paul says this, let your gentleness be evident to all. Instead of getting caught up in the tension and turmoil and fights around you and becoming prickly and ready to strike out at everyone and ready to lash out at everyone, says, not only rejoice that God is working in this situation, even though we may have trouble seeing it. Secondly, we can, we can let our gentleness be known. We can, by the way, gentleness is not weakness, but rather it is uh, a reflection of God's spirit in us. It has nothing to do uh, with weakness. In fact, when God fills us, we are our strength. Christ's strength in us is perfected. So this is nothing about weakness. Gentleness, rather, is that we're not looking to lash out, but rather to love. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. The Lord is near. Why can I rejoice? Why do I not have to be worried or concerned or, 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 or on guard against everyone else? Because God's here. God's presence is with you. God's presence is near. God's presence is all around us. Paul says there may be tension. He was speaking to a local church body. We can also talk about tension in a family, tension in a school, tension in a workplace, tension in a country. We certainly understand that, right? About tension, about sides, about division. But Paul says, listen, rejoice in the Lord. Always. There is always something to rejoice about. Not that every situation is a great situation, but that in every situation you're going through in life, Alongside of that, God is still with you. He is still working, and there is reason to rejoice. And so we don't have to posture. We, we don't have to uh, puff up. We don't have to get all prickly. And, but he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. We're not going to, as believers, as Christians, we're not going to be pot stirrers. And then he says this, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. All right? Don't be anxious about anything, <laughs> including <laughs> me just talking, calling those two ladies out, Paul says including this situation that we, you know, don't even 
really have a way to um, to deal with this out of our control. We want to help these folks, but but it's out of our control. Paul says, don't be anxious about that. And we all get in those situations where it's like mom and dad are fighting. You know, you get into that. You're a child again. You're in a situation where things are out of your control and it's tense and it's stressful. What do I do? It says, don't be anxious for anything by prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your request to God. So as you're going to God, you're talking to him about the situation. You're asking him for help. You're thanking him for what he's done for you in the past and even ahead of time for what he's going to do. He says, you present those requests to God. And then he says this, there is a result that comes. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of things in this world that I don't understand. Um, I, I don't understand how we've gotten to such a place that we're in as a country where we're so divided. And our society where, where the beliefs and the ideas and the behaviors that are out there are acceptable. That's, that's hard for me to understand. Uh, I don't understand this, this, uh, COVID, coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, this, this thing that we're going through, this pandemic. You know, I, I'm so grateful for, for those who have just cared for, uh, for me and my family, and you've, you've taken great care of me. Thank you so much. Um, you know, my, and I don't understand, though, why I have light symptoms. You know, I'll be, I'll be out of quarantine tomorrow. And then I read that in this same amount of time where I had coronavirus and I'm not in the best shape, but you know what? I went through it and it was pretty easy, pretty light. And during the time that I've had it, you know, I read about a five-year-old who didn't wake up. I read about a college student who didn't wake up. And I don't understand that at all. I, I don't get that. I'm not going to say that I have some kind of survivor's guilt, but I'm going to be honest. I don't get that. I, I don't understand. I, my Lord, how is this that it was just kind of like a sinus infection or something almost for me and for other people's, it's a little worse by the people. It's somewhat worse and others. It's a death sentence. I don't get that. So there's some things that, that I don't understand. <laughs> and, and this is, you know, I could talk all day about that. That's a huge subject, an infinite subject, right? And so it's not that I need all the answers. It's that I need peace. And that's what Paul says when you go to the Lord, when you tell him all about your troubles, when you ask him, God, could you help me? God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. Lord, here's, here's what I've got going on. Here's what I need. He says, then here's the result. There is going to be a peace that passes all understanding. There is a peace beyond what our minds 
can comprehend or figure out. It's greater than logic. It's not just illogical. It's it's super logical. It's beyond or above any logic. It's beyond something we can comprehend. There is a peace that is greater than all that, than any understanding that will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so this morning, whatever you're facing in your life, whatever stress, whatever tension, whatever situation where you're in, where things are difficult and people, things are tense and you don't know which way to go. And Paul's word to you would be rejoice. Wherever you're in there, God is still good. He's still on the throne. He's still your savior. Not to say bad things don't happen in life. Plenty of bad things happen. And sometimes some bad things happen because you're a believer. But God's saying there's always reason to take joy in Christ. And when you have this attitude of, God, you're with me, I'm going to rejoice I'm not going to fret. I'm not going to fear because I know that you are present. God, you are very near. You are not distant. God is right there. And so we turn to him as our loving father. Say, God, here's what's going on. I, I, I don't get it. I can't control it. I'm not big enough. I don't understand it all. It doesn't make sense to me. But God, you, you have this. We turn to him and we ask him, please, Lord. And the Bible says that in response, God takes that burden from us that we've been carrying. And in exchange, he gives us peace, a peace of God that passes all understanding. We all want answers, but God's peace is greater. It is more valuable and more important than any answers that we could ever receive. And so I want to encourage you, rejoice in him. Don't be anxious, but rather be aware that God is with you and that he is ready for you to give to him those burdens, those concerns, and that he might fill you with peace. This doesn't mean that we don't act. There's stuff all throughout the book of Philippians. Paul definitely wants Christians to act, that is, to work, to do, to keep on living out our faith, but rather that we are not paralyzed in fear, and that we are not just reactionary to the situations around us, but instead our actions are focused on God's plan, knowing that he is near and that he's in control. I'm going to pray. And after I do, um, I think I'll be signed off of this little call, this little video. So I will say this, um, to you all. Each of us have things that we are tempted to be anxious about, that we are uh, tempted to be fearful about. 
And we need to give those things to the Lord. We need to remember what he's done for us and have our minds in the right place. So I want to encourage you uh, to do that, to give those things to God, whatever they are in your life. Would you pray with me? Father God, I pray that, um, Lord, you would allow us as your people to look to you as shepherd, as our rock, as our provider, as our Father God. Lord, we can come to you, and I pray that we would, that we'd be open and honest with you instead of trying to tough it out on our own. And God, that we would just admit our feels, our fears and our failures and, and all the places where we need help from you. And God, that we would reach out to you and exchange those burdens so that we might receive your peace that passes all understanding. God, we pray and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.